The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Good morning, everyone. It's Bakes, Kevin Baker, the Stock Market Authority here at Studio 21 in wonderful Salem, New Hampshire. Hope you are great. Uh, hope you're getting ready for a great 4th of July weekend. Today we're going to talk about economists can't pick stocks. They still can't pick stocks. I know I've talked this before, but the last week got me so worked up, i got to bring it up again, and i got to tell these guys, please learn how to read a damn chart. Uh, we're going to go to the mailbag, and we're going to talk about Johnson Controls, Ford and Tesla. Yes, two car companies, but I think it's germane. We're going to go through the stock market authority portfolio as I show you my search for the 10 best ETFs so that we can make money in total every single year, like we did last year, up 6% plus when everybody lost 20 plus. So uh, please stay tuned. But today's top story, uh, economists can't pick stocks. I'm sorry. Uh, economic news as far as uh, uh, making money in the stock market, ETFs, investing, it just doesn't work. And if you've got an exception, please bring it. But, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I see this over and over again. Uh, and I, 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 that's why I'm, the subtitle is I implore people, economists too, to learn how to read a damn chart because the market is very, very smart. It's the distilled wisdom of millions of people, millions of investors, trillions of dollars, millions of computers, and price is what matters. And uh, it's just, it, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. Uh, I, I listened to, uh, especially this past week, for some reason it got on my nerves. It was, uh, uh, you know, Interest rates, uh, mortgage rates uh, are, are, are hurting the housing market, and, and so that's going to happen. Uh, the yield curve is inverted, meaning the two-year is 100 basis points, 1% higher than the 10-year. The yield curve, whenever it's inverted, means we're going to have a recession. I've been hearing that for 15 months. I don't see a recession and the stock market doesn't see a recession. And we can go through the whole litany of, of, of items that people pull out to, be, to look smart or to sound smart. You know, the talking heads on CNBC and elsewhere. Credit card debt is at record highs. The consumer is stretched. Uh, look what Dollar General did. Uh, sorry, if it worked, I'd be all over it. But, you know, economic, the stock market is the best economist there is. The stock market is a discounting mechanism, and it tells you what's coming if you're paying attention. And I'm paying attention, a lot of attention. So let's look at this chart here. This is the S&P 500. Yep, it's the same chart I keep bringing up, but with different lines this time, because, you know, the that economic argument made a lot of sense. We were in the DMZ, the demilitarized zone between the 200-day moving average at 395 and this 418 resistance level that you see here. 
The market has spoken. It's gone to the upside. I wish the volume was heavier on the up days. I'm not going to kid you. But we broke above 418, and it's telling you that things are getting better in the economy. And so you could give me all the headlines and all the Bloomberg articles you want. The market has spoken. Uh, We also took out 431, which is a a one-year high. We're 20% off the low if you want to make it, quote, an official bull market. But I I just, I implore you to, as soon as you see economists start to fade that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that whole rationale. And I hear people doing, not only, you know, opining on the U.S. economy, but opining on foreign economies like China. Well, the China reopening isn't as strong as, as people thought, and so that's going to you know, cause a decreased demand here in the U.S. I go, just go to the charts, folks. It's all there. It's all there. Um, so I hope I've made my point, um, and I'm going to stick to what I do. And, uh, you know, yeah, I pay attention to economic news because I want to be conversant, but I'm not going to let it dictate I'm going to buy this or sell that because I have this economic view that I think is right and the market is wrong. That's a bad, bad place to be. So uh, next, I'm going to go uh, give you an example. And, you know, I think this proves it. This is the Global X MSCI Argentina ETF that we bought on January 12th. 21% lower. We've got, it's our biggest percentage winner thus far this year. I wish I had nine other ones. Uh, but the bottom line is you can see this red arrow. This is a clear breakout after a long base on big volume, which is what I'm looking for all the time. And I'm hoping that over these repeated podcasts and, and uh, videos, you start saying, hmm, I see that pattern too, Bakes, and it takes some time. I've been doing this for 25-plus years. It's almost you know, uh, fight-or-flight kind of uh, impulse when I see a chart that looks like it wants to see positive change that continues so that we can make money. Then I, I, I encourage you to go to the show notes, uh, press on the link, uh, to the Economist article, which I recommend the Economist a great deal. It is based in the UK. Uh, it does. It, it gives you a very dispassionate view of the world, uh, and it is very, very global. They have reporters everywhere, and uh, I like having a, a non-US view of the world to bring to myself and to bring to you. So the Economist is worth every dime, in my opinion. They're not paying me to say that. Although, I'd love to have them sponsor the show, so we'll talk about that. But uh, my point here is the uh, economic news of Argentina is awful. Uh, Annual inflation of 114% is pushing Argentina to the right. Uh, uh, Patricia Bullrich and Javier Millet are rising in the polls. The annual inflation of 114% is the third the world's third highest the share of people who cannot afford basic foodstuffs and services has risen from 30 percent in 2018 to 43 percent unsurprisingly the voters uh, uh the main concern of voters is the economy it's always the economy uh, everywhere and it is pushing them to favor politicians who offer radical fixes to their country's economic malaise now 
I read the whole article, and I'm just giving you some highlights, but you tell me. If you read that headline, are you saying, without looking at the chart, are you going to say, boy, I'm bullish on Argentina? No, there's nothing good in that. And But the market doesn't care because the market's forecasting better times in the future. It just is. And I'm going to go with the market and say it's right until proven otherwise. And I've got a sell button, so I know how to, to, to limit the, the, the risk. The central bank has printed so much money that the amount of cash in circulation has almost tripled to 3.8 trillion pesos. Again, uh, that's bad economic news as far as I'm concerned, but the market doesn't care. And um, they're also talking about how that's playing into the political situation. I don't care about politics in the U.S. very much. And I really don't care about politics in Argentina. I do care about making money, and this Global X ETF is is uh, uh, is working. Now, here's some other things to think about. This is from from later on in in, in the article. Uh, uh, this year had the worst one of the worst droughts in Argentina's history. Wiped out over twenty two and a half billion dollars worth of soy, corn, and wheat exports, worth three point two percent of GDP. Again, the economists would say that sounds pretty bad, and it is. The harvest is expected to recover next year. Increasing demand for lithium could also help, and recent investments in the world's second largest field of shale gas in the West could boost energy exports. So I guess my point is the face value economic news is very, very bad, but the market is sniffing out these potential positives in the future, and you got to default to the charts and the market, not the economists. The economists, not the magazine, the economists, the, the folks with bow ties, okay? So I'm not bashing bow ties. I'm bashing them a little. Anyway, um, please uh, uh, that, go to the website, uh, stockmarketauthority.com. Please sign up for my free newsletter, and please, please, as a bonus, check out my How to Sell video, which nobody else has out there and nobody else focuses on because I'm looking, and uh, it is still very, very valid. And that's today's top story. Now it's time to check the mailbag. Incoming! There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. <laughs> uh, this is from my son, Jack. And uh, he's my son, so he gets first crack. Bobby's my oldest. He gets second crack at, uh, at this. Anyway, uh, Jack texted me. Uh, JCI, Johnson Controls reported early May, strong fiscal second quarter, uh, took up the lower end of guidance and year-end guidance, advancing digital transformation, plays into the decarbonization theme, nearly 55% drive sustainability, heat pumps, efficient refrigerants, etc. Uh, Jack, you know, always uh, uh, love you and uh, and thanks for coming in. The and I'm going to he also said I was being vague in a prior episode which, you know, that's like a big insult to me. So I'm going to be my 2 by 4 self and say, "Jack, this is a hold." And I'm going to just go buy, sell, hold, and give you my, my rationale in, in very hard terms. Um, the, the, the support is here at 59. You can see this line here that goes back uh, a long ways. I like the fact that the earnings report was greeted warmly with increased volume, as you see here uh, on this the lower right arrow. And it's in between this range 
where resistance is at 69.60. And again, think of 59 as support. That's a floor. And think of 69.60 as resistance. And stocks tend to consolidate between support and resistance. Again, this is like a, this is a $10 range, give or take. And you, they spend some time there. And then the market decides, are things getting better? Am I think this company is undervalued? Should I add to my position, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, you're in between. I would watch this carefully to see, especially going into the next earnings report, do you see volume pick up? Do you see uh, uh, a breakout decisively above 69.60? And I like to see volume increase 150% over normal volume. And when I start seeing that, I say, good things are going on, and let's uh, rock and roll. Now, uh, as this plays into some into this show and future shows, I go charts first, fundamental second. This is a promising hold chart. I would do the fundamental work and then be ready to to rock and roll if the if the fundamental work confirms the technicals. And then boom, at sixty nine sixty, you got something going on. So uh, Johnson Control uh, uh, is a hold, and I hope that's helpful. And I'll see you soon. Uh, Hank from Nashville wrote in, what do you think about Ford? And uh, uh, this, is a, this is a hold. Okay, get that right out of the gate. See what I did there, Jack? No ambiguity. Uh, this is also a share scoops uh, name that came up in their newsletter, which I also recommend. Uh, Gus Christensen is a friend. He's the CEO. He's been on the pod a couple of times. He uh, is people, planet, profit is the the prism through which he views stocks and the team views stocks. I am more of a, a of a cold hearted capitalist, and I just want to make money. So Ford is a hold. Uh, I want to see this continue. Now, I hate this for the people that are being laid off, but they announced layoffs to streamline EV development. And that is a negative, sounds like a negative, but it's a positive for the income statement. So if you have uh, expenses, the SG&A line going down and everything else staying the same, you have earnings going up, and, and especially if EV is starting to... Uh, lower their losses and become uh, on a path to profitability, you might have here something. The stock has hit 10 bucks as support a bunch of times and didn't break it. Here we are at 14. The stock is cheap, and we'll see if there's positive change. I love cheap, but I really love cheap coupled with positive change because cheap stocks can get cheaper and stay cheap for a long, long time. So you want to have something happening to move this along and unfortunately maybe these layoffs are the thing that get things going and then if you hopefully have revenue growth then the stock is doing so above you know 14 and change on big volume i become interested but there's clearly uh, a trend change here the 50 day looks like it wants to take out the 200 to the upside and the 200 is starting to turn so uh, i'm i'm a hold on Ford, and uh, uh, I'll st- come back to me if you have other questions where I can follow up. Kara from San Francisco asked about another car company. Yet yeah, it is Tesla. Has Tesla gone too far too fast? And um, uh, again, I'm going to, de- to uh, default to the market. 
I don't think so. I think that that uh, the the extremes from going from four hundred plus to a hundred, bouncing to two hundred. Uh, you know, this is obviously a, a very controversial name, and the last earnings report was lousy and uh, didn't act well uh, after that. But you can't argue with the stock took out two eighteen, moved higher. The and what's really important to me is the fifty day just crossed the two hundred. Look at that red arrow that you see there. And, you know, that's going to send a lot of bells off in a lot of places. That's called a golden cross. When the 50-day comes up through the 200, it kind of confirms that the, 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 the long-term trend is, is starting to turn. And um, valuation here is always going to be stretched. You know, let's say they do 5 bucks next year in earnings. This is 50 times with the stock at 250. Uh, you know, you're never going to say Tesla's a bargain. But uh, to me, that again, it's a hold. And I would uh, watch the 200-day to make sure it confirms to the upside. I think that's pretty likely. Uh, I've given you my, my fundamental litany of, of the reasons why I don't like it. But I'm wrong. The market's right. And I don't own it. If you own it, I would say it's a hold and watch for this this uh, consolidation to continue and that 200-day to confirm the uptrend. And then I think you, um, uh, you would feel – I would feel more confident as, as a holder of the stock. All right. That's it for the mailbag this week. If you want, want to write into the show with any questions or comments, email me at bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Even better, leave me a voice recording, and we'll play your questions on the, on the show. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Stock Market Authority portfolio, and I'll give you this week's Bakes Takes. You're listening to Stock Market Authority. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Do you want to become a better investor? Do you want to learn how to make money in both up and down markets? Then you need to go to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. Stock Market Authority is run by award-winning investment manager, Kevin Bakes-Baker. His aim is to save you time while teaching you how to be a better investor. Bakes saves you time by diving into all the latest stock market news and information so that you don't have to. He reads all the latest articles, analyzes the charts, and listens to all the relevant podcasts. And then once a week, he gives you a breakdown of what's happening in the market. Stock Market Authority is constantly outperforming the S&P and the HFRX. Bakes is going to share with you his weekly stock observations. He'll give you concise insights and show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses. Stock Market Authority is making money in up and down markets. Wouldn't you like to do the same? So join now and let Bakes show you how. Head on over to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. That's stockmarketauthority.com, making money in up and down markets. We're back, and today we're talking about economists can't pick stocks. Please learn how to read a damn chart. Uh, now it's time for the Stock Market Authority portfolio. Uh, and I'm the only one that does this, and I guess I'm a masochist, uh, but uh, I like to put this to work and, uh, and see what happens. My goal is to make money every year. I don't care about an index. I don't care about hugging an index. Uh, I don't think you care from what I, I when I talk to you live and, and via all the, the social media uh, interactions that I have. And making money every year seems kind of appealing to me. 
and uh, I hope it is to you. That's my goal, and here's how we're trying to do it. Oh, and by the way, since inception, uh, we've done pretty well. We've, we've first we've made money every year thus far. We were up last year when everybody else was down, and we're beating the hedge funds by 2.37 times uh, since we started, which I think is pretty good. Uh, we do go short. We did that last year, the SPACs and the Kathy Woodstocks predominantly, and so I think the hedge funds are the, are the best um, barometer of how we're doing. So where are we now? We talked last week. I'm 10% uranium. Uh, the junior miners via URNJ, the uh, Sprott junior miners uh, ETF, uranium. And uh, I talked about I won't go to all the details, but I just think this is a multi-year trend. The spot price is moving up. We need nuclear to, to, to feed the grid for the increased demand of EVs and the electric, electrification of everything. And uh, it's been 11 years since Fukushima and uh, 12 years now. So we're getting ready to, uh, to rock and roll to the upside, in my opinion. Argentina, we talked about. That's 10% of the portfolio. I'm 50% in technology, AI, cybersecurity, robotics. Importantly, the charts told me to do all this prior to NVIDIA blowing out revenue and earnings expectations and raising guidance significantly and having the stock rip to the upside. So again, the charts sniffed this out and got us into the NVIDIAs of the world in a small way uh, prior to to uh, the big moves, we're ten percent in Mexico. Eh, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not dazzled right now. And uh, we're ten percent in Bitcoin through the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, and we're ten percent in the Bitcoin miners. And uh, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, we're down for the year. I'm not going to kid you. We're down fifteen percent. It bothers me the transition from short to getting aggressively into the bull market. We did not do that perfectly, but I'm fighting like hell to make money this year. The market's up 13, and, uh, you know, I'm fighting the good fight uh, for all you Triumph fans out there. This is the chart of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC. And uh, this is what I look for all the time. Take a look at this. This is not that far off the low at all. The volume is picking up, and we're taking out new highs with uh, the moving averages confirming this nascent move to the upside, I believe. What I think is driving it is the BlackRock has filed for a, a uh, Bitcoin spot ETF. Uh, they have more lawyers and money than God. And the I think they're reading the tea leaves and saying Grayscale is going to win their suit against the SEC. Why in the world... Uh, their argument is, why in the world do you uh, approve a Bitcoin futures ETF and you won't let us uh, turn Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into a regular ETF? Um, BlackRock is, is there uh, with, a, with a filing. Fidelity came right after them. Wisdom Tree came after them. And I think the big boys are sniffing blood in the water. I think they you know, know that there's a big advantage to, to launch rapidly and as early as possible. And having a, a Bitcoin ETF means there's going to be a lot of funds out there, ETFs, that are going to be uh, getting Bitcoin into their portfolios to meet investor demand. I think it's that simple. I also think the government is still fat and, and, and bloated and uh, wasteful, 
and uh, uh, will continue to debase the dollar. And again, the chart is telling me that people care about that now, and it's going to benefit Bitcoin. I think that's how this is going to go down. Uh, that's also going to benefit the next chart, the Valkyrie Bitcoin miners, which is WGMI, and this is Marathon and Riot and the public companies that mine Bitcoin. And I simply think that they're going to uh, uh, gather what the ETF spill and um, uh, have a better time of it as we go forward. And the market is telling me that given what uh, uh, I see here in this chart. So uh, I will go through recent improvements in my newsletters and social media. Please subscribe, follow, and share. That's how we're invested on uh, June 28th. And uh, let's get into this week's Bakes Takes. Uh, and my takes are first on, on uh, Russia. Uh, a few points to make here. I have listened to, I can't tell you, I mean, at least a dozen plus podcasts. I've read everything I can. I've watched the talking heads of CNBC, CNN, uh, etc. And I don't really know what to make of the uh, the Wagner Group marching to Moscow, turning around, uh, threatening Putin certainly, and uh, and Belarus, uh, uh, you know, somehow brokering a deal where Putin doesn't go after the the, the Wagner uh, leader. Uh, it clearly shows Putin's weakness. Uh, I don't know how this plays out. Nobody does. Uh, it, but it's also a bookend to if if I had the headline that Putin was going to order Russian troops to invade Ukraine, I wouldn't have known how to invest to benefit from that or how to, to protect myself. So it's the same thing here. Uh, I uh, uh, think it's long term bullish. I think Putin getting weaker is better. Um, but how this plays out, I really uh, I don't have a feel. I want communism to die a fiery death, and we'll see if this is the uh, the domino that leads to uh, uh, that that occurring here. So we'll see uh, what happens. I'm watching this. Fire at me anything you have that you think uh, uh, brings some 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 insight here because I'm fascinated by this as a human, but also as an investor. Um, next, I want to recommend, and go to the link here, please, and click on Bloomberg's Masters in Business. Barry Ritholtz hosts this. Uh, it's uh, terrific every week, in my opinion, sometimes more germane to individual investors like us than others. I think this is really uh, uh, one of the best I've heard. This is Peter Borish, B-O-R-I-S-H. He was the number two guy with Paul Tudor Jones that uh, uh, saw the the analog of the eighty seven crash to nineteen twenty nine was dramatically short covered a day or two after the crash uh, made a, a tremendous amount of uh, of money and he shares his lessons that he learned there uh, which I think is absolutely fascinating. In particular, what I like is, because he agrees with me, uh, that when they really made a lot of money is when the technicals and the fundamentals collided in that order. And uh, that's obviously a message that I try to drive home. There's a lot of great things in here uh, for in, in this podcast, and I, I really recommend it. Uh, it's about 
an hour and I think it's well spent. Uh, I'm going to be talking about my interview sheet in the future, how I would sit down with managements and get to the bottom of things, uh, CEOs and CFOs. I've done this thousands of times. I'm, uh, we have a, a, a company that we're going to be talking to where I do interview a CEO live and you can see how, uh, I get to, to what really matters in a, in a, a, a quick fashion. The, the system that I've developed over, I can't believe I'm saying this, 25 years. And I want to hear your feedback if that kind of material uh, is resonating with you and adding value. Uh, so those are my big takes for the week. I always like to end after I talk about the, the fall of communism uh, and other weighty topics. Uh, give some much-needed levity. And this is Dimitri Martin. Uh, if you haven't seen him, he's very funny. Mom, dad, clean. I don't think he uses a swear word in this. There might be one or two, but very, very limited. Short jokes. It's sort of his rapid fire of, of uh, some of his best material. And uh, I think it's great. That's it for today's show. Uh, have a great 4th of July weekend. I'm working on a lot of stuff. Please look at the newsletter. Go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for the free newsletter, and um, uh, I will see you soon. Take care. God bless. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.